praise his holy name. Uh, he told us earlier this year, if we would thank him more, he would do more for us. If we would praise him more, he would do more for us. And so that's easy. Amen. All of his instructions are easy to do. And so we just always want to take every opportunity we can to lift him up. He said, if, I, if you lift me up, I'll draw all men unto me. Amen. And uh, it's a good word because there are many times that we want things done, uh, but we go about them our own way. Jesus said, just lift me up. Amen. You don't have to threaten nobody, tell nobody, going to hell. You know, the people know they're going to hell. You know, it's one thing they do know. But, you know, uh, you know, our, our job is to lift him up. And that is in your way of living, uh, the way you uh, conduct your life. Don't be ashamed of Christ. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Uh, don't be ashamed of anything related to God. Just always exalt him. And he knows how to draw people to himself. But he needs people on this earth who will lift him up, edify him, tell the truth about him. Amen. And deny the devil his lies to permeate the atmosphere. And and once we do that, uh, God will do the rest. So we're his ambassadors. We're his witnesses down here on earth. We can attest to his goodness, his glory. His holiness, we have, we have a testimony about all of those things. So when we share those things and he knows how to draw people to himself. So, uh, never fear. He'll do his job if we'll do ours. Amen. Alright, why don't we get started. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne of grace. We, we know that we have grace to receive everything that you have ordained for us. We thank you, Lord, that I have not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things that you have prepared for us, except we have a glimpse of them because they're in our spirit. They're within spiritual range of receiving faith for us. So we thank you uh, for putting them in our spirit that we know that they are ours. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen and praise God. Uh, I thought today I'd talk a little bit about our predestination to conform. Amen. Uh, what we really are predestined to do, predestined to be. We know that uh, when man fell away from the presence of God, he suffered loss. And God is a God of restoration. He's restoring things that have been lost. And the major uh, thing I think that was lost was the benefits that we get from relationship with God. Amen. So when we talk about predestination, we're predestined to conform to the image of Christ. We are predestined for an inheritance, but not so much natural things. You know, your your parents can or, or don't have to leave you a natural inheritance. Uh, I see uh, bumper stickers, uh, grandparents, they're spending it all now so the kids don't get anything. You know, all these little crazy bumper sticker ideas we see around. Uh, there's so much guilt now among the billionaire and millionaire set that they uh, deny their own children uh, any part in their will and they want to give it all away, leave it all to charity before they go and so forth and so on. Uh, you need to have confidence in your seed is the way I look at it. Why, why are you going to leave all that? You think a bunch of strangers can do more with it than your own children 
can. It's an indictment on your ability as a parent, but we won't go there. Uh, we'll talk more about what God has for us. Know this, a spiritual inheritance is far superior to anything that you would receive in the natural. So God, if God couldn't do you better, he wouldn't do you at all. You got me? he just leave you alone. If he can't top what the prince of this world would give you, he would just leave us alone. Amen. Because God always has to do the superior thing. Because he's holy, everything he does is superior to what the world can offer us. Amen. Uh, you need to make it up in your mind once and for all that you're not going back to anything. Amen. Uh, because many times people have never really settled that in their hearts. That's why, you know, people leave the church, they backslide, they, you know, they claim they're going someplace else, but they never do. They sit at home and, uh, you know, think that they can get what they need from God by mooching prayer off people on Facebook or holding you up on the phone and you got a prayer assignment already. They want to add to your woes. Amen. It's just true, you know, let people find their way in God. You know, it came a time Moses, the system God had set up with Moses and the children of Israel was that Moses was their leader, but also their intercessor because he was the only one that had direct relationship with God. Then people got you these born again people that too lazy to go to church or too angry at people to forgive and all that kind of stuff. Don't get your life tangled up with them people. But it came a time when he told Moses to quit praying for him. Miss Wonderful and Mr. Wonderful Intercessor. <laughs> huh? These people belong to God, folks. You understand? You gotta trust God with your little backslidden Christian friends. Now, Pastor Barb, they go to church. I don't care. They backslid from what God called them to do. Now you can go hole up in a church. I don't know why I'm going here, but you can go hole up in a church somewhere and pretend you obeying God, but you really hiding out there. Huh? <laughs> I see people go and, you know, they start going to the doctor. I see you used to come to the altar to get prayer. Oh! Pastor Bob, don't be so mean! No, I don't want to see you drop down from your privileges. I'd rather call for the elders of the church any day than go see a doctor. You can tell they backslid when they start going to the doctor all the time. They used to come up to the altar for prayer. Oh, Pastor Bob, don't cut so deep. Huh? Let's kill this devil while we at it. Let's, like my daddy used to say, step on every roach you see. Huh? <laughs> and put on some ears of discernment sometime. Quit your, quit your nonsense. Amen. <laughs> they gonna have to stand before God one day anyway. You ain't gonna be able to hold a hand up to judgment seat, so. Huh? <laughs> but 
we are predestined, folks, to conform to the image of Christ. Jesus loved everybody, <clears throat> but he allowed them to come to him by faith. Yes, amen. You, know, you come to God, even with people with noticeable ailments, you know, you see, you see some poor guy coming up to Jesus. You know, somebody lead them, and Jesus said, what you want? <laughs> Isn't it obvious? No, you got to tell me. Now, why did Jesus make them tell him? The faith must be exercised before you can receive anything from God. He could no more force eyeballs on nobody without them asking. And you can't force the blessings of God on your backslidden friends. So leave them alone. Am I clear today? All right. So let me just keep it moving here. God will tell you when to step in if that's your job. Most times it's your job to step out and, and preserve yourself. Keeping dead wood afloat. You like that, didn't you? I thought it was pretty cool myself. Huh? <laughs> Romans eight twenty eight. Let us go there. Let us, let us. Amen. Romans 12, it tells us the book of, eighth uh, chapter of the book of Romans talks about <clears throat> the new creation person and always versus the old, but it also enlightens us on God's plan for humanity and what it really means to be predestined, uh, to be conformed to the image of Christ. Predestination really means that God had a preconceived idea when you were created. That predestination to conform to the image of Christ actually means that God, when he, in this, this works before the fall, after the fall, mid-fall, whatever time, it all, God, God's word always applies. And it's always active and accurate in our lives. So when God says he predestined us to do something, that means it will get done. No matter what you do. Because the things that we do, we think will disqualify us and invalidate our walk with God. But if you understand predestination... You'll understand that you're never disqualified. See, for him to disqualify us, that's the easy way out. Uh Uh-huh. You ever have, you know, parents, when you raise your children, there's always a little cunning slick one in the family. (laughs) Yeah. You know, uh, 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 when you give them some chores to do, ma, I'm sick. Uh Uh-huh. That's at age two. Ma, I'm sick. Age five. Mama, I'm sick. 32. Mama, I'm sick. You understand? It never, <laughs> it never changes. So you're going to always have a little slick one in the bunch that wants to get out of what they think is the hard job and they don't care the consequences. 
You can't tell him at age five that I'm training you so that when you get old and you got babies around need to be fed, you can, uh, you understand you gotta go get a job and feed them. You'll be trained, it'll be natural for you to go out and make some money and bring it home so you take care of your responsibilities. So just as you might have a kid that wants to disqualify himself from the hard work chores of the house, God has kids in his family that want to disqualify themselves too. We don't want to quit doing this. We don't want to stop doing that. We don't want to trust God. We don't want to wait. We don't want to. We're always trying. But this thing you don't disqualify yourself from. Because if God predestined you and saw you fall in the Garden of Eden and picked you up and brought you out, you're predestined. I mean, it's a done deal. So if he can still call us from beyond the fall, he knew the fall would happen and he still didn't disqualify us. He knows how many times you're going to mess up, how many times you're going to cut up, how many times you're going to lie, cheat, steal, all of the above, and you're still predestined. Amen. He'll take, he'll grab the scraps of whatever's left of you and drag you right through the same paces that he would put you through if you were holding intact, able-bodied, and all of the above. I've seen people called to preach and they get in accidents and, well, I'm in a wheelchair now. God still called me. Yeah, get that wheelchair out there and get to getting. Huh? Because you're still called. You're still predestined. You will conform to the image of Christ, and God means it. You know why? Because he has a means to do it. See, he's not as upset about your faults as you are. Not nearly. Why? Because he made a remedy for it. And that remedy fixes everything that's wrong in creation. And so Romans chapter 8 Verse 11, it says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, and it does if you're born again, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken or make alive your mortal bodies. The body you live in now that's subject to death, God quickens and makes that alive by his spirit. So you're not just a human being walking around doing stuff you are part god and part human you're a new species that's never lived before so that spirit that raised him from the dead raised you from the dead and it will re-raise you from every dead thing you touch in life it keeps raising you up and it says here therefore brethren we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh for you live after the flesh you'll die but if you through the spirit kill the deeds of the flesh this is very important because many of us are trying to be good do this don't do that don't do that and you're not doing it through the spirit you're trying to do you're trying to make your flesh be good like you used to do before you know knew the lord well, your flesh has betrayed you so many times, you ought to know that's not going to work. 
So then you got to find the door to get your deliverance. You got to find the door to get your conformity to the image of Christ. You got to find the door to strengthen your new creation person. And as you strengthen your new creation person, your old man automatically dies a little bit more. Why do you think he puts you to sleep every time you open your Bible? Now, I remember this when I was a new Christian. You understand what I'm saying? And and there are different distractions. It's not like I've graduated to, to it doesn't bother me. There are other distractions that will come along to keep you from focusing on God. You know, it's the spirit of slumber comes. Huh? It'll grab people in church. You know, you be sitting up there and dancing and everything on the front row, and then all of a sudden you just conk out. Huh? It's true. You make up your mind, you go wake up a little, a half hour early. You barely making it to work and all that, the way you get up now. Huh? Now you gonna stretch that and make it, see, make it easy, yo. Make it easy. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, right, 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 right. It's a different meeting. <laughs> it ain't karaoke morning and whatever. But anyway, you understand what I'm saying. Just don't, don't crucify yourself over and over again, okay? Cause there's gonna be enough stuff you have to do that'll crucify your flesh that's God ordained. But I'm telling you that, that the enemy wants to keep you in the, the, the the realm of working hard yourself to try to make yourself what you think God wants you to be. And it's all for naught because you have no idea what he expects out of you, no idea what he's got planned for you. The Bible tells us that it has not yet been revealed what we should be like. But we'll know him one day because we'll see him as he really is. But see, we get glimpses of who we are. We get glimpses of what he has called us to be. We get glimpses of these things because there comes times when God will, will, his grace will come upon us to be exactly what God wants us to be in different situations. I'll give you a good example. When you, when we go out and we witness to people, this is something I don't know anybody who does not enjoy that. I mean, everybody does. Why? Because there's a spirit of joy in the anointing. If there wasn't joy in there's the fullness of all the fruit of the spirit in the anointing of God. All the time. So you can't be a sad and depressed people person praying for anybody. You know, not if God's anointed. Now, if you out there on your own and trying to work something, that's something different. But if you're working under God's anointing, you can't be dull, angry, upset, depressed. If, if, if you know how to yield a little bit to the anointing, you'll be able to come under that power so that you can get the job done. Well, did you know that when you are under the anointing, everything you do is flawless? But let me tell you the real shocker. You'll come out from under it and then you'll think back and start complaining and grumbling about all the stuff you should have done, didn't do right. Did you do this right? Am I right? 
So that's a difference between the spirit and the flesh. Your flesh man wants to criticize everything your spirit man does. And he'll do it freely. If you listen to him, you'll never go out and pray for another person. You'll never try and do anything else for God because you've been self-condemned by your flesh man who wants to accuse your spirit man of the things that he does. So we have to learn how to leave holy things holy. Learn how to yield to the spirit of God. Learn how to leave it up to God. What we are to become. How we are to become. But minute by minute trust God that he's doing what he's supposed to do in your life. And we are predestined to conform to the image of Christ. You're not predestined to be a multimillionaire. I don't care how many prophecies you got stuck on your wall and in your, your speed messages and your, you know, your voice messages and all that kind. Of, I don't care how many of them you got in there. You are predestined to conform to the image of Christ. If you have a lot of money, it's a bonus. You understand what I'm saying? And, and many times you won't be able to explain to anybody how you got it. Or why you got it. Huh? And so when we talk about predestination, let's get it straight. We're talking about a spiritual happening. We're not talking about anything that relates to this present world. Anything related to the material realm. Material things are an add-on. They're not the package. The package is you're more Christ-like in every way. Every day you live, you're more like him, whether you believe it or not. Because God's not a liar. He said you're predestined to conform to his image. And you got to start letting that sink in. Devil, I don't care what you're trying to make me do. I'm more like Jesus today than I was yesterday. Going to be more like him tomorrow than I am today. You better not catch me a year from now, baby. I'm going to be doing the thing. I don't know what I'm saying I'm going to be doing, but I'm going to be doing the right thing (laughs) as far as God is concerned. You got me? And leave the nonsense alone. You can try all you want to. To be, uh, and many times what we're trying to do, we're trying to avoid correction. Because we look at that as being so negative. The Bible says if a righteous person slaps the stew out of you and you hit the ground, it's a kindness to you. Nothing that you receive in righteousness is bad. Oh, Pastor Barr, people hurt my feelings. That's a kindness. If they're righteous people, it's a kindness. You know, problem we have sometimes, we let people, these people who are running away from God and running from churches and then bad-mouthing good church people, 
bad-mouthing the blood-bought righteous. We sit up and let them tear down what feeds us and what we're a part of. And we're supposed to be building it up. You sit up and listen to people talk about how mean church people are and how mean Christians are. They sound just like them people out there protesting in the world. What's the difference? Some of them need a good year's worth of slapping. Seriously. Maybe they'll learn some matters. I was slapped back and forth so much. I felt like I was. But now looking back, I said, Lord, you know, I didn't know nothing about nothing. A rough cut, you know, trying to hide everything that was wrong with me. Pretend like, you know, watching what what the more mature people did and trying to imitate that. And huh? make yourself crazy doing that kind of nonsense. You might as well say, hey, God, if I'm here to get slapped, let's slap on. Let's just. Get it on, get it over with. Huh? I remember somebody in our neighborhood when I was a kid. A parent, they was a little bit on the mean side, I thought. But they would get the kids. The kids, would, when they do something wrong, they'd come bring the bell. Okay, here, mama. They had them trained. they bring their own belt. And get the, they, hello? See, y'all, everybody out here holding their breath. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm talking about loving your kid too much to let the devil have them. Amen. (laughs) They have to be able to take it from you. (laughs) People crazy. I'd rather have that than to have all these crazy people, these young people running around half naked in the streets and, you know, lack of discipline. They'll act like animals. And they're made in the image of God. And you can't even tell them that's the truth about them. They'll cuss you out. So the spiritual is far superior to the natural. And watch yourself putting the cart before the horse. I mean a horse, whatever. Cart in front of the horse, yeah. Because many times our prayers are along the lines of material things that we need. My suggestion is to find a way in God to minimize the amount of time you spend praying for natural things. You got me? Find a way to build your faith so that you have relationship with God and understanding how development of your spirit will minimize your woes and your cares about things in the natural. You got me? For instance, if if you find yourself worried about bills or worried about things that are, are, are material needs, find a way in God to spend more time meditating on his provision, meditating on his word, uh, spending time understanding your righteousness in Christ Jesus and, and keeping short accounts you know, one of the things that will put you over into lack mentality and fear for your natural man is is unforgiveness and things related to your stand before God as a righteous person. And so if you can keep what they call short accounts, it means that whenever you find your, yourself not feeling peace between you and God, you're, you, you know, a little glitch in there somewhere, take that to God and get that removed. 
Amen. So that you share in his holiness and you feel more like him. The more you feel like God, the more you feel that you're entitled to receive from him. You understand what I'm saying? You feel like it's yours. You feel like you don't have to beg. You don't have to wait. You don't have to. You understand? You don't get yourself on a list that you're not supposed to be on. Because you're right there with him sharing in everything that he is and everything that he has and everything that he has available to him. So you can go through life carefree, as the Bible says. Be anxious for nothing. Have no cares. Cast your cares upon him. You've got to know that he cares about you, though. And the more you can renew your mind in the word, the more you can conform in your own thinking to what God, to the way God sees you, the less you're concerned about these things. You'll have a sense that God knows about it already and it's on the way. God, I thank you for my daily bread today. I thank you for my provision today. I thank you, Lord, that this was a surprise to me, but it's not a surprise to you. You've already got my next blessing lined up for me. You've already got my, we have to learn how to live like that or we will yet live like people who are estranged from God. You'll feel like, or if, if there are certain things in your life that are, are strongholds, issues for you, God knows about that. You know, as long as you don't take the devil's view on it, and you see it the way God see it. God, I know this is not right. And I keep falling over into this, Father. Please help me. But don't condemn yourself because you haven't mastered it yet. Because to be honest with you, you may never master it. As many times as Paul had, the Apostle Paul, had gone from city to city. You know, he got beat up everywhere he went. You know, he talk about, <laughs> and even these weren't righteous people slapping him either. These were, you know, religious people. But he, he went and he went and he always declared Christ. Then toward the end of his life, he decided, hey, I ain't getting doing that no more. I'm, I'm a Roman citizen today. I used to belong to Christ yesterday, but I'm calling on Caesar. And see, you would think that after all those years of submitting to God and taking the punishment for it, you know, he was delivered from it. He wasn't. There's still some left in there. You understand what I'm saying? I say that to say, don't let your, your flaw, flaws, faults, misgivings, weaknesses, pay that no mind. Once you've committed that to the Lord, let him take care of it. Don't let it make you despise yourself. Don't let it make you turn on yourself. And don't let it make you condemn other people either. You got me? We have to, that's all about trusting him in your predestination. He said you're predestined to be a changed person and be just like Jesus in every respect. He said, let me take care of it. If I predestined you, I got a plan for how to make that real. Even if it's not real to you. It can be very real to God and in his kingdom. And you'll sit up and and criticize yourself. Huh? And condemn yourself. Huh? 
you know, I, I try to follow this, this, uh, uh, low carb way of life. They tell you not to call it a diet anymore. It's a way of life. Well, that's until I get bored and see a potato chip I can't resist. You understand what I'm saying? It's, I start noticing, you know, I get up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and I hear this little voice. Well, Barbie, you know, you shouldn't have had that. And I said, wait a minute. You go to bed because I'm going to sleep too. I mean, you never get rid of all those little voices at once. So the best thing you got to do, feed them the word. Huh? I tell them, Jesus loves me. He loved me thin. He loved me fat. He going to love me again, whatever it is. He didn't. He didn't ask me how much I weighed before he saved me. You understand what I'm saying? You got to understand how to get peace about what God's doing in your life and quit letting the devil pick at you for every little thing. I don't know how much my spirit weighs. But I want him as big as her, as big as possible. You hear me? (laughs) It says here, verse 14, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Your sonship begins with your leading by the Holy Spirit and it ends with your leading by the Holy Spirit. Everything, you can claim sonship. Not because you're saved. You got me? Not because you pray in tongues sometimes. I used to pray in tongues a whole lot more than I know we all do, baby. It's called living. So once you figure out you ain't doing it often enough, get to get. Amen. That's life. But he says... As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not yet received the spirit of bondage again to fear. In other words, drop the works, drop the pretending, drop the trying, drop the trying and failing, drop the pointing of the finger at yourself and other people. Don't get in any kind of bondage. That's not what God gave you. But you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Amen. Not Abba, like the so-called real close to God people do. But Abba, in other words, Father. The spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So the Holy Spirit continually feeds your spirit man the evidence that you belong to God. When you go into the word, you know that word's for you. When you finish reading the word, you have peace about what you read. Hopefully you can't wait to get back there again to read some more. Amen. And, and you know, so you go for a day and then you think about reading the word and you got too many things to do again. You understand what I'm saying? But it's good while it lasts. Amen. And so as sons, you're comfortable with the word of God. You can open up that Bible, go to any place in there and feel good about it and know God's going to speak to you. 
People who are not sons don't have that relationship. They won't look at a Bible. They're scared of it. They don't know what's in it and don't want to know what's in it. Pretty much. You might find a few people that are just ignorant of what's in the word of God and they've never had an opportunity to to read the word of God or and, and they love God in their hearts. You know, you'll find in people in denominations that don't encourage them to read the word. You know, there aren't many now because the evidence of, of, of people who are, are, you know, familiar with the word of God is very great now. But for the most part, people who are not assured that that Bible speaks comfort to them will not go in the word to look for anything. Yeah, go in there when they mad at somebody and see see if God's gonna kill somebody for them and all that. But that never lasts. You know what I'm saying? I hear some crazy people like that. I'm gonna put them in the Psalms. You know, get a piece of your hair and all that kind of stuff, and find one of them kill them. God, kill all their kids. God, you know that stuff never works. Amen. But understand that when you go into the Word of God. You go in there with total confidence and total peace that God's going to speak to you. You don't go shopping around for something to prove some argument you get in with somebody. Amen. It's this just so retarded. Religious people do it though. Amen. You know you can go in there with a preconceived idea and start looking for God to tell you it's okay and you know it's wrong. Huh? It's a difference between just opening up the word in comfort and peace and expecting God to speak to your heart as his child, as somebody he loves and somebody he wants to help and wants to build up and make you more like Christ. That's what your inheritance is. That's why it says that you have the spirit of adoption, that you are no longer rejected. Amen. Quit digging up old nonsense. You got me? And and trying to live in the past ashes of your old life. You know, that person isn't even real. If you think about it, it's it's just as powerful. You anybody got a, a barbecue pit or a fireplace, once that wood is burned, you see the ash left at that's your old man. That's your old life. You got me? That's just how powerful it is. And so in other words, you just get blown away. That's all that, that's all the life that there is to it. And yet, some people cling to that as some kind of, you know, voodoo doll or something they want to carry around with them and, don't take my dolly. Huh? There's no more life in that thing. You need to let it go. All the weakness of the flesh is no power to it. Amen. You know, you'd be like the mafia people, you know. They told, if they said somebody was dead to them, that was like prophecy. I mean, you know, uh, all of y'all remember Fredo? Little retarded Fredo? And his brother Michael said, he's dead to me. 
Y'all thought Fredo was going to live, didn't you? Anybody took Fredo out in the boat and pop, and then Fredo was <laughs> dead to me. He really dead to me now. That's the way you need to treat your old life, your old man. It's got to be so dead to you that one day it doesn't exist anymore, and you have no more recollection of that person. And they certainly don't have any power over you because you are predestined to be more more like Jesus every single day. Get mad at people because they want to take that little voodoo doll away from you. you know, people tell you want to talk about, oh, I, just, I just don't know. You don't know what I've been through. Well, come on, let's pray. But see, but see, no, I don't want to but see, and you don't want to but see either. You want to conform to the image of Christ. That's what you committed to when you got born again. Well, you think Jesus was going to pay your bills, take care. He's your boyfriend. He's your savior. And most of y'all ain't had no boyfriend to do that for you, so cut it out. If you did, you'd still be out in the world. I had to complete the thought. Didn't want to leave anybody hanging. If you know what I mean. So cut it out. Go on and let God have his way in your life. Y'all are trusted people that wasn't half as trustworthy. You understand what I'm saying? So you've been adopted. Sorry, you can't unadopt yourself from this one, okay? You're sons and daughters of the Most High God. See, you got to receive adoption and sonship before you can get a crown on your head, Queenie. You understand what I'm saying? It's for all them queens out there. You ain't been a good daughter yet. I mean, seriously, this is what got Satan in trouble. Yeah? He was a created being, not really a son because he didn't have the image of God. He was an angel. But he thought he was all that. Trying to rise up into the ranks. To get, you know, grab a hold of yourself when you're trying to rise. Huh? Oh, I can go there. I can quote Maya Angelou. I rise. Huh? No, you don't rise. If you rise, God raised you. You don't rise by yourself. So you got to have that witness in your spirit. That you you belong to God. You're a son or a daughter of God. You know, the devil will try to take that away from you. Amen. Every time the Holy Spirit wants to give you reassurance. 
that God loves you. You're okay. You have an inheritance. You're precious to him. Every time that starts to flood into your spirit, the enemy will come in and want to give you something. Yeah, but you know, look at what you did. Look what you can't do. Look at what you understand what I'm saying. And so there's a war there over your adoption. Come on now. Because see, that's everything. You get a revelation on that and you get settled in it and that becomes your life. That becomes what all of your faith in God hangs on. That becomes a foundation for everything you do in your life henceforth and forever. When you get, he would kill you before he let you get that. Because that's the one thing he wanted he knew he never could have. Iniquity makes us think like that. Well, you know, in, in comparing yourselves, there's so much sibling rivalry in the churches. Comparing yourself with somebody else. You know, people just <laughs> get very carried away for no reason. Because anything God gives to any, you have an inheritance with the rest of the saints. You have an inheritance with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You have an inheritance with Jesus Christ. You have inheritance with David and with Solomon. If you need wisdom, you can have all the wisdom Solomon had because God will give it to you. You have the same inheritance with those same people that did great mighty things in God. And then we sit here wondering. You know, when am I going to get this? When am I going to get that? When is my breakthrough coming? When you stop wondering. When you quit asking when. When you quit putting God on a timetable, which he already told you it's yours, but you don't believe that. Huh? Devil can keep you in a quandary forever trying to be something you already are. You already bear the image of Christ. You're born again. Better than that, you're filled with his spirit. You begin to see more of who you are just by praying in the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Ghost to start showing you stuff. He'd be happy to show you. So if we are children, Holy Spirit gives you witness in your spirit that your spirit man is born of God. You are children of God. And if you're children, then you are heirs automatically. Nobody can deny once they know who your parents are, they can't deny you what your parents have. Period. It's automatic. See, if your children and heirs, joint heirs with Christ, which means that wherever he goes, you go. Wherever he has, you have. So really, we have a higher inheritance than, than really what we have just looking at being sons and daughters of Abraham. We have his faith. That faith enables us to enter into a covenant with Jesus Christ, with whom we are joint heirs. 
So whenever God touches our lives, we get a an upgrade. Most of us can't believe for what Abraham believed for. Myself included. You understand what I'm saying? You mean to tell me, God, you can reverse aging on people? Give me a whole bunch of it. Huh? Whatever God promises you, you're more than qualified to receive it. He wouldn't promise it to you. It's all on him to give it to you, to supply it. But then you've got to position yourself to receive it. These things come as joint heirs with Christ. What does that mean? I got to take up my cross and follow him everywhere he goes. This is not a giddy giddy life anymore. This is serious stuff with God. And as you walk with him, you conform to his image. To walk with somebody is very, very big. That means that you talk like they talk, think like they think, believe like they believe. You walk with them. The Bible says, how can two walk together except they be agreed? So you want to walk together. You're joint heir with Christ. So that means that you're made alive together with him. That you are, are walking together with him and in him. In other words, you don't exist anymore. It's Christ in you that's receiving every good thing that God has for you. A joint heir is not the same thing as a cosigner. know how y'all co-signers are yes and amen yes and amen i don't know why she think i'm gonna give her that (laughs) it's co-signer huh true you know how natural co-signers are when when you default on the bill that's when they come into play jesus makes it so you don't default So you have a no default covenant with him. That means you're a joint. See, if you're a joint heir, all he has to do is walk into some wealth and you automatically get it. It just blows over on you. If he's walking in health, you automatically receive it as a joint heir. Amen. So, so, you know, uh, some they talk about states being joint property states. You can you can live in states where your spouse doesn't have anything unless you say it. But the minute they see that marriage certificate in certain states, boom, everything they have is yours. But if you hooked up with a brother that don't have nothing but debts and bills, you want to disconnect real quick. <laughs> See, it works good and it works bad. You got me? You go dye your hair, put your, put your, uh, real, real long wig on, change your name, they come to your door, you don't know nobody. Huh? Ain't seen nobody? No, that ain't my name. I don't know where that came from, but that ain't me. 
Huh? But see, there's no loss in your life with Christ. He don't owe nobody nothing. His daddy is rich, owns a cattle on a thousand hills. So being a joint heir with him is all gravy for us. It's right into your life. All you got to do is keep walking with God right into your life. It's true. You just make up your mind. You're going to walk with God no matter what. I don't care if I keep falling, keep stumbling, keep messing up, God. I'm just walking with you. Just help pick me up one more time and I'm going to run with you until I can't run no more. But I'm not letting go of your, your unchanging hand. So while we're worried about stuff, Jesus is automatically accumulating for us. All we got to do is take him at his word and just go whoosh right into your life. Right into your account. He'll do so many things to alleviate fear out of your life. But see, we're so busy trying to work stuff ourselves sometimes. Well, you can hold your breath if you want to. I'm going to say amen to myself. We have no clue what what he has in store for us. I remember I would get into a, a disagreement with my late husband sometimes, you know, and we would talk about things and say things. And, you know, I was just accustomed to go get it yourself, Barb, you know, and, and it was something I forget what it was. It was, it was fairly expensive. Ain't nothing but money. (laughs) I wasn't working. Ain't nothing but money. Our money. (laughs) And and he said something one time. He said, why don't you ever wait for me to get it for you? I was going to get that for you for Christmas. And I said, it ain't even Thanksgiving yet. By Christmas, I'm working on something. You know what I'm saying. (laughs) just a thought just a thought you know what I'm saying I want to say I got Christmas planned too <laughs> new list go in there and run grab a end of that roll of toilet paper and start reading uh-huh. but you know that's the way God is with us sometimes we get so far ahead of him Because we don't stop and pray and consider if I walk with him, I'm a joint heir. You know, just slow your roll. Get up off of of trying to work and maneuver and figure out and all that and make your request known to him. And receive his peace. Now for some of us who are hardcore strung out, that peace will come and go sometimes. You know, you get peace and then you start, your mind will start racing again. And you let go of it and then you think, no, God, you told me. And you're going to have to work with yourself in order to be comfortable walking with God and know that he's there for, know that he has an answer, know that he has 
the next step. Know that he has a blessing. Know everything that he has for you is good with no exceptions. Most of us don't know about inheritance because we've never, we don't have a model. We don't have anything to go by. And even if you had parents that were wealthy, some of them was pretty screwed up. You, so you can't depend on man. You have to get God to explain to you and get you to walk out and understand what it means to be a joint heir with Christ. That means all of the riches of glory are there for you, accessible to you by faith. You just have to walk with him. But some of these things are predestined to be released at a certain time in your life and not everything right away. But I do know this. He will supply every need that you have with abundance. There will be more than enough for you, much more left over. But you got to change your mind. you got to change your way of thinking. you got to let more of God's word into your thought life. you got to let more of understanding of his goodness and his love and his provision for us. We all have to let more of that in and quit trying to live in last year's revelation of God. And last year's level of his goodness and last year's, there's more all the time. Amen. He, he said that he wakens up, up every morning with new mercies. Mercy means that whatever you need will come into your life. Mercy is a big word. Mercy is bigger than money. Mercy is bigger than things. Mercy means that whatever you did wrong yesterday is forgiven if you'll confess it. And let's get to getting with the new life. God's not interested in in accusing you and putting you in time out. You know, look, kids are smart. They get their electronic devices and hide them somewhere. So when they go time out, they have a good time. No interruption from the parents. So if it don't work in the natural, it certainly won't work in God's kingdom. So we're, we, we are joint heirs with Christ. If so, that if we suffer with him, that we might be glorified together. Suffer means just to allow God's way in your life. The word suffer really means to allow. That means you don't have any bright ideas to contribute to the situation. You just allow God's will to manifest in your life. You allow God to connect you with Jesus every day. You allow God to lead you and guide. You allow God. It means to allow. And don't have all these goofy ideas that have never worked for you. And you keep trying to think up more of them. Just stop it and allow God to conform you to the image of Christ. And if you'll allow that, God will glorify you together with Christ. You don't have a separate crown. You don't have a separate glory. You don't have a separate anything. So let's cut the nonsense off. Amen. He says, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared. In other words, he added up all the trouble he had in his life since he found the Lord. He added up all the beatings, all the threatenings. He said it's not worthy to be compared with the glory that will be revealed. So quit your whining about everything. Amen. 
quit you talking about people and how they don't treat you and how they do treat you and you learn how to treat people right see what we do we watch the wrong things god's watching you to see how you treat people even they don't they don't they don't treat you right what do you think jesus did and right and wrong is not an issue anymore not since the cross are you kidding me he don't care if they was right wrong or whatever you got to forgive them anyway and keep living for him he says they're not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us for the earnest expectation of the creature waits for the manifestation in other words your dog your cat your goldfish your car your house everything that that is created is waiting for you to get it together and get with christ so that you can can make life better for them so you can bless your car and it'll run many years for you instead of getting mad because you got trouble with it you ain't supplying the money anyway god's supplying the money You've never had anything you could count on anyway. A bunch of bills. They say nothing certain but death and taxes, huh? That's what the natural health has in store for us. So the earnest expectation of creation, all creation is groaning and travailing and laboring to bring us forth. As for, you know, all the people that think, you know, earth warming and all that kind of stuff, we can fix it. I get news for you. Creation's fixing us. Your pets look at you. You ever had sometimes your pets will come up to you and you're not sure if they trust you or not? We got all creation in fear because of the devil you got me you look in the eyes of a dog they have terror in their eyes until and they will continue to look like that even though you pet them you love them you do everything for them when they come up the terror and the fear of us amen in a negative way and they're they're straining and groaning this isn't right god make life better for us make life peaceful for us with all those animals that died in Australia and all those were wherever it is and all those wildfires, millions of animals because of human beings acting stupid, just deranged by the devil. So, yeah, we need to be witnessing more to people. We need to manifest more as the sons and daughters of God instead of waiting on a wealth transfer. All these stupid things the devil gets involved in our theology to distract us from who we really are. You think Jesus, when he walked the earth, was sitting up worried about money? Well, why are we? You understand what I'm saying? When you can get yourself to the point where you walk with Christ to the degree that you have no cares, no fears, no worry. If I perish, I perish like Esther. You understand? But I'm walking with you, Jesus. You understand? I'm walking with you. I'm not going to give up on what you told me you want me to do in this earth. And I'm not selling myself short. And nothing short of your will for me is going to do for my life. 
He says the earnest expectation of the creature. In other words, they sincerely are waiting for us to get ourselves together and start walking with God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who subjected all to the same hope. So we're all hoping for the adoption of our bodies. We're all hoping for the the glory of God to met. We're all hoping right along with the rest of creation. We all wait for that because the creature itself also shall be delivered, be delivered from the bondage of corruption unto the glorious liberty of the son. So the more you walk with Jesus, the more you take on his character, the more you feed on his word, the more you renew your mind and quit thinking about you and keep your mind stayed on him and keep understanding who you are in him. Your your greatest hunger and quest should be for more of him, that you recognize more of himself in your life. Jesus, I see this in the Bible and you say I'm supposed to do this. I want to do this, Lord. I want to be a part of this, Jesus. Your hungry and thirst for righteousness. That's the one thing he guarantees will be filled. He don't guarantee you. You know, if if you're a crazy broke person, you'll be a crazy rich person. But I tell you what, if you let go of that and and hold on to God and, and want nothing else but God, you'll conform to the image of Christ and have a joint inheritance with him of all things. So you'll have peace about your life. Anytime you have a need, you know it's automatically met. You'll know it's on the way. Why? Because you're predestined to receive everything God has for you. If it's, if you're predestined, he must have made provision for you and have it already laid up for you. All you got to do is believe and receive and quit grumbling with yourself. Make up your mind to love yourself. Bible says love your neighbor as yourself. I'm not talking about your carnal self. I'm talking about your new creation. Man, God, give me more of you. Give me more of understanding. Give me more wisdom. Give me more knowledge. Give me more power to to walk with you and to deny my flesh. He says, and not only they, but we ourselves also, which have the first fruit of the spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. And that's not a death wish. That's a redemption wish. You know, you, you, you look at your body as you get older and it's, you know, people say, well, you look nice. And you think, eh, if you only knew what it took me to get out of that, roll out the bed and it work. <laughs> Odd work. Dun, 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 dun. Well, anyway. But, uh, yeah. It gets more and more work. And you think to yourself, Lord, one day, I'm just going to walk around in a perfect body. Glorified. No more aches. No more pains. No more whatever. So we crave that. Your inner man craves it. You may not have it in your head, head, where you think it much. But every now and then it'll come to you. You know, it's going to get better. Whatever it is that's not right now, it's going to get so much better. I'll leave all of this behind. It says, for we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen 
is not hope for what does a man what if a man sees everything he doesn't have anything left to hope for but if we hope for that which we do not see then we have patience and wait for it It says in the same way the spirit also helps our weaknesses for we don't always know what to pray for as we ought to and i i just encourage people even if something comes to your mind that you think you want to ask God. Pray in the spirit first. Amen. Because number one. It will be a more accurate prayer. If you pray in the Holy Ghost. You ever had a situation come up. Somebody come up and ask you. Or ask you to pray for them something. And you already got something in your mind. Stop it. Amen. Because more than likely. You're praying what your thoughts believe. The answer should be. If you pray in the Holy Ghost for a little bit and it remains there, then go ahead and pray it. It was God that put it there. But the Bible says the Holy Spirit helps our infirmities, helps our weakness. We don't always know how to pray for what we ought. You know, sometimes we'll have a scripture on the the edge of our tongue. And sometimes God will say, well, that's okay, but I've got something else for them. I have a specific answer for this person. So he says... He makes the intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So there's tongues and then there's groanings. Sometimes you don't even know, but your spirit will groan it out. And it cannot even be uttered. So sometimes it won't even come to you, but you'll feel it on the inside. It says he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. It's what you want. And that's how we know. See, this is how you know. You let the Holy Spirit make intercession. You let him lead. You let him be the boss. That's how you know all things work together for good. They're not talking about everything, period, without any kind of intercession. you got to have intercession to make sure everything works together for the good. And so once you love God and you're the called according to his purpose, his purpose will be fulfilled in your life. You've got some some safeguards there. You've got the Holy Spirit. You've got holding on to Christ, being a joint heir with him and a part with, partner with him in life. Always partner with God. Don't let go of his hand. Don't take him casual. Don't think he's always going to be there because he's always been there. You got me? Things are subject to change. Huh? So for whom he called, he foreknew, he and he also did predestinate. He's known us since before we were born. Amen? That, that prophecy about before I formed you in your mother's womb, that's not just for prophets. You got me? That's for all, everybody. God foreknew us before the foundation of the earth. And he said then that you would would be just like his son. And he means it. And he means you're going to conform to the image of Christ. Best to yield to it while you're here on earth. Because you get the benefit of it while you're here. It's good to be like Jesus. Amen. You don't have to be like anybody else you know. Just be like him. Amen. You, you Don't cheapen what he's done for you. 
in trying to imitate people. Gotta have this, gotta have that. No, you don't. You, but you do have to conform to his image. Cause God's gonna do it with your, it's best to cooperate. Let me put it to you that way. Much better to cooperate. But he will take an unwilling hostage. You got me? Oh, Barb. Oh, don't say that. Oh, you scare people. Well, look at Jonah. Huh? He was on his way someplace else. You know what I mean? Hey, you know, as they see Christians sometimes when they want to refuse God, they go hide among sinners. Jonah got in that boat with them people and they didn't know nothing about God. But they started praying. They said, we know something ain't right because usually this boat, this boat rocks real good most of the time. Even in bad weather, something ain't right. Your sinner friends, you get around you, disobeying and got them, something ain't right here. Don't call her. Mm-mm. We got in real trouble the last time she was around. Huh? They was more sanctified than he was. At the end of the day. They said, they everybody calling on their God, they didn't, didn't get no answer. They looked at Jonah, they said, well, what you doing? You gonna call on yours too or you gonna leave us out here? Jonah said, well, throw me overboard. They had enough sense to not want to do it. They said, if your God is that powerful, he might really get mad at us. for." So they asked God to forgive him and threw him over. Same thing they're going to do with y'all. You try to run from God. Sinners will quit on you. You think saints give you your problems. Start running from God and falling in with some sinners and devils. Say, mm, looky, looky what we got here. <laughs> Trying to get this one for a long time. <laughs> so you're predestined. Because he's called you and whoever he calls, he justified. Whoever he justifies, he glorifies. So it's worth it. Bottom line is, it's going to be to your good. Amen? It's going to be to your good. You, you can, can, can understand that God will not let go of you. See, this is your, your real fire insurance. You understand what I'm saying? People sell salvation as an insurance against hell. But fulfilling your predestination, that's your insurance. That God will not let go of you until the work in you is complete. Because he sees your picture in light of eternity. See, we see what's down here on earth right now. What we can feel, taste, touch. What the devil gets us upset about. All that kind of stuff. But God sees us in view of eternity. That's why Paul says, I reckon this light affliction. Huh? He'd been thrown in in a jail in every city he went to. He knew what the jail looked like. Huh? Because that's all he ever got to see. Amen. Was was the end of a whip 
in jail. And so he called that a light affliction. Huh? Some of us want to have a fit if if we don't get 15 hugs when we walk in somewhere. You understand what I'm saying? They don't like me. You don't like them, you liar. You know you don't like them, so cut it out. Why you want to hug on people you don't like anyway? But see, God's trying to get us to love people. He's trying to conform us to the image of Christ. Trying to get us to do the things that Jesus would do in similar situations. And that's all he really means to do with us. And it takes power. He knows you can't do it relying on what you bring to the table. That's why he tells you to leave yours outside. Amen. Come in repentant. Come in repentant of all your bad works, good works, whatever you think you makes you different and wonderful and set apart and all that. Amen. He tells you, leave that stuff outside. He said, I will leave that. I can't use that. Amen. In other words, he'd been trying to burn it away. It's amazing sometimes the things that we are upset about is the very thing God wants us to let go of. It's never going to be perfect in your eyes anyway. Never. It's a, you're never going to have the response from people you think you crave. In other words, you usually get more trouble out of people until you learn to leave them alone. Until God brings the right people in your life. You ever think of the fact that all the wrong people you still cling to, he's got like 15 right people waiting to get into your life? But he ain't going to let you mess them up. He loves us all too much for that nonsense. Grow up. Learn how to connect with God in a real way. God, I don't want anything. I'm not moving anywhere. I'm not doing anything. I don't want what man thinks they have for me. Lord have mercy. You don't want to depend on people. People say it's not what you know, it's who you know. You know the main, you got me? You know him. You need to get to know him better. That's all he wants to do is for us to trust him. Think of the rejection he must suffer. All he's done for us and he expects us to embrace him and then we go off and do something stupid. Amen. Get mad because we can't get this going on. We can't get that going. When's going to be? When am I going? Win, 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 win. You can win all you want to, but you won't get it until God's satisfied. That is for him to place it into your life right now. There are things everybody desires. But as heirs, you understand that it's already given. And it's on you to obey God and prove yourself to him that you're ready to receive it. Heirs get it when they mature to a certain level. Babies are always going to cry for something. You got me? The when, the why, the what, the how. That's baby stuff. The heir knows all I got to do is get the right credit card with the right amount on it. Huh? And you got a black American Express sitting right up there in 66 books. 
Huh? And he's waiting for you to crack it open so you can find out how much he loves you and what's yours. Amen? There's no limit on God's riches towards you. Even if you don't even receive them all, and most people won't during their lifetime. But to know that he loves you that much to set that aside for you. You got me? That's everything, folks. That's everything. That's better than a good husband, good wife, good kids, good whatever. Rich uncle, whatever it is. It's much, much better. Because you'll be assured of his love. Nothing will be able to separate you from him. He'll keep running after you. Never letting you go. Never letting you out of his sight. He's your protector. He's the one. You're the one his heart longs for. And he wants us to be the one. You know that that we long for him just as much. If we could only put things aside. And focus on his great love for us. Amen. Why don't we stop. Well father we thank you for your word. And thank you for understanding. Thank you for blessing us. With everything that you are Jesus. Thank you we are joint heirs with you of all things that pertain both to life and to godliness. Thank you for the godliness that you impute to us continually as we walk with you. That we conform to your image and your image alone and we thank you. We don't have to conform to what man expects of us but we do have to conform to you. And we thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God.